How is everybody? Yeah, good to see you all today. Um, grateful that you are here. Um, so we're going to start this new series today titled Got Fruit. It's going to go 10 weeks. We're going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And so uh, I'm going to introduce it today, say more about that in just a moment. But I decided to uh, do a little search for jokes about fruit. There's a lot of them. I chose two. One's cute. Here it is. I can't believe someone broke into my house and stole all my fruit. I am peachless. That's a Tony joke. And then I have a lighthouse joke. Years ago, you could enter a grocery store with $25 and walk out with several pounds of different fruits, a loaf of bread, meat, cheese, milk, and much more. Nowadays, there are surveillance cameras everywhere. See, I know you so well. <laughs> you have weird sense of humor. All right, grab a Bible. Grab a Bible and turn to Galatians chapter 5. There should be Bibles around you. Um, and uh, feel free to get up and find one if you don't have one right in front of you. Galatians chapter 5, got a page number up there. We're actually reading more than three verses. I don't know what I was thinking when I put that, but um, we want to encourage you to grab a Bible so you can follow along. And then um, I am going to be uh, kind of going back through some of these verses, so I encourage you to hold on to your Bible and uh, keep it open. So um, as we begin this journey, um, talking about the fruits of the Spirit, we begin um, with these verses, but they're, they're part of a larger whole. I encourage you over the next weeks to read uh, the book of Galatians. It's a marvelous book uh, of the Bible. And uh, I'm just going to begin reading at verse 13 and read the section that, that contains the fruits of the Spirit. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of the sinful nature's desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. We're going to stop there. So here's what I want to do today. I want to introduce a new series um, titled Got Fruit. And over the next nine weeks, we are going to look at that list that we just read through of the fruits of the Spirit. And um, I've asked a few people from our church uh, to help me out. And so um, a few of the weeks, we're going to be hearing from somebody else um, about one of those fruits. I'm excited to have you meet them. Uh, But today what I want to do is I just want to introduce this series by looking at these verses that I just read. And in order to understand the fruits of the Spirit, um, you kind of have to understand how the Spirit works. And so that leads me up to our question for today. Here it is. What is one way God is changing your life? What is one way that God is currently changing your life? can be a big way, can be a small way, something that maybe... Something's going on. So if you'd like to answer, James and Flint will run mics. You get their attention. We take short answers. Stand up. Speak directly in the mic. Um, Who'd be willing to get us started? What is one way that God is changing your life these days? Too often I've noticed that uh, when you go into a grocery store or something that you're shopping and everything, um, I have seen some things that went on on people who thought they were necessary. And I realized that the Lord was trying to show them their way to find him. And it was, well, I'm a ball baby, so (laughs) I can't. Thank you. Thank you. Who else be willing to share? All right. We've got a couple going here. Hi, I'm Darcy. Um, God is showing me that there's another way to live other than a fear-based life. Thank you, Darcy. That was excellent. Um, right behind you here, Flint. One way God is changing my life is by answering my prayers and showing me that there truly is a God and that God loves me and loves everybody. Thank you, Jerry. All right, all right. Hold your... Hello, everybody. It's a beautiful day out. Um, The way God showed me how to change my life, uh, I believe everybody knows about hard love. When everything changes and when people have a different opinion about you that you're not expecting, but in that way, you know that you got to change and God is present. God is telling you that you need to change your ways. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Holger. All right. Hey, can you stand? Do you mind sure. standing? Welcome. Hello. My name is Carolyn. Um, one way God is changing my life is he's restored some hope for me. I had gotten pretty desperate in trying to control other people's lives. And I've just really taken a good look in the mirror and realized that there's some things that I can do and that is to be in touch with God's will for me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Good morning. My name is Sarah. Um, God 
is changing my life. He's easing my worry. You know, the more I let God in, the more I connect with my spiritual self, the less worry I have. I have really bad anxiety. Everybody knows that already. But So I worry all day long. But I, I'm feeling like the relief and the ease, you know, of not thinking so much about how I'm going to make sure the kids have their soccer gear, things like that. Because somehow it always happens, no matter what. Somehow it always happens. So I just got to have some a little more faith. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh, thanks, Sarah. I'm finding when I ask for help and admit that I can't do everything and fight my normal trauma response, things are happening better and it's a lot calmer. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Hi, well, we're is, going like crazy here now. My name is Nikki Azigam. Um God is changing my life by helping me and my family work through a lot of um, very old past um, differences and guilt and shame and um, finding a new love in my life. I am happy today, newly engaged and in a new place in my life, and I'm learning a lot of great things about the world and the people around me. Congratulations, and thank you. All right, I think we'll, do we have one more, or is, are you, anybody else? One more, one more, going once, going, all right. Dave. Hi. Just by simply doing the right thing. Hmm. Thank you, thank you. Well, those were, uh, those were great answers. I want everybody to do a little thinking about that question. What is God doing in your life? What changes are are coming in your life and if you think of some something maybe you tell somebody or you can also uh, let me know um, if you would like so um, I want to start with another Bible verse it's from Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 here it is it's up on the screen why don't you read it with me pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall um, that's an interesting verse isn't it so I uh, want to tell you a quick story um, written by Max Lucado. Um, I know a frog, he writes. He had a real problem. His home pond was drying up, and if he didn't find water soon, he would do the same. Word reached him of a vibrant stream over the adjacent hill. If only he could live there. But how could he? The short legs of a frog were not made for long journeys. But then he had an idea. Convincing two birds to carry either end of a stick, he bit the center and held on as they flew. As they winged towards the new water, his jaws clamped tightly, and it was quite a sight. Two birds, one stick, and a frog in the middle. Down below, a cow in a pasture saw them passing overhead. Impressed, he wondered aloud, now who came up with that idea? The frog overheard his question and could not resist a reply. I did! I think one of the, one of the crazy things about um, us as human beings, it's not just um, people like the Lighthouse family, it's human beings generally, is we all know that, um, that we are selfish and self-centered and that it really doesn't get us anywhere in life. And yet still we are selfish and self-centered. And, um, you know, it kind of plays itself out in so many ways in our life. 
Um, you know, we eat unhealthy things. We consume mind-altering chemicals. They hurt ourselves. They hurt others. Um, we spend money irresponsibly on stuff that we don't need. We make bad, selfish decisions that affect not only our own lives, but the lives of others. Um, I want my needs met. You know, some of you, if you're looking for a church, you kind of want a church that meets your needs, right? Um, even when we come to a church, you know, if the pastor is talking about sin, we would rather that the pastor talked about other people's sins, not mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of list those things, and I'm just talking about me, not even talking about you. We tend to be kind of a selfish lot, and uh, it's kind of at the core of who we are as human beings. It's what, at the core of what the Bible calls original sin, and uh, the, the reality is, is you and I are going to deal with it the rest of our lives. Um, grab your Bible again, and I want to read a couple of verses um, from Galatians chapter 5. I want to read through verses 16 and 17 one more time. Living by the Spirit's power. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Uh, whenever I read that um, little two verses from Galatians, um, I think about pictures that I remember seeing when I was young, like this one, um, where you know somebody is making a decision and there's a devil on one side telling him, go this way. And there is an angel, uh, on the other hand, telling him to go the other way. And um, whenever I see a picture like that, um, the first thought that I have in my mind is, man, that's me. That's me like almost every day. And the reality is, is that we've got these two natures in us. That's what Paul is saying. We've got these two natures in us. You know, one is pulling us towards, you know, selfishness and self-destructive behaviors, things that, um, you know, we kind of do that, that, you know, maybe our conscience says we shouldn't. But, and the other one is telling us, no, don't go that way. Um, it, am, is that just me or do you experience that sometimes too? And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans where he says, you know, sometimes I know the good things that I'm supposed to do, and I don't do them. And then he says, and sometimes I know the things that I shouldn't be doing, and I keep finding myself doing them. What is wrong with me? So, how does the Holy Spirit work? Um, well, when we talk about the Holy Spirit as we get towards the fruits of the Spirit, or the fruit of the Spirit... First, we have to discuss a little bit how the Spirit works. And I just want to, you know, say that even before we ask about how the Spirit works, we might want to ask the question, do you have the Spirit? The best Bible verse I, I know that can answer that question for you is this verse. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. The Apostle Paul writes, So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. 
What is Paul saying? Paul is saying is that if, if you believe in Jesus, you not, I'm not saying if you've got Jesus all figured out, if you understand the whole Bible, if you can, you know, um, give your own little message about the Christian faith, I'm saying if you believe in Jesus, you know, there's, there's something in you that says, um, I do believe in Jesus. I believe that, you know, he was the son of God, that, that he, he died on the cross for me. He was raised from the dead. You see, then you have the Holy Spirit in you. Because um, nobody can do that unless they have the Holy Spirit. You with me? So it's, you know, our, our faith itself is not just an act of our will. It's like the Holy Spirit kind of moves us towards this belief in faith. So if you believe um, in some form in, in Jesus Christ, even if you're very early in the journey, that Holy Spirit is in you. Um, if, you if you don't, we'll come back to you a little bit later. So what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God living in you, um, pointing us to Jesus. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things that um, I, um, I think is, is so interesting is, is, that, is that we sometimes, you know, kind of um, hear people talk about, you know, that Jesus is in my heart. And, and it's kind of a, you know, you think about it, it's kind of an odd statement, Right? But what does it mean? It means that the Holy Spirit is in you and it's helping you believe Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example of the work, Spirit's work. Jerry, I'm going to ask you to come and help me. You don't have to do anything but stand here, okay? Can you come here right now? All right, thank you, Jerry. Um, so uh, stand right in front of me, in front of all these uh, nice people. Smile at them. So um, I'm going to give G, uh, Jerry a very tough job. Um, Jerry, I don't want this to go to your head, but I'm going to have you be Jesus for a moment, okay? So, uh, um, this is Jesus, and I want to show you um, how the Holy Spirit in us works, okay? So, you're going to imagine that I'm the Holy Spirit in Jerry. Here, here's what the Holy Spirit in you is saying. He's saying, this is Jesus. Listen to him. This is Jesus, follow him. This is Jesus, love people like Jesus does. This is Jesus, live like Jesus does. This is Jesus, fall in love with Jesus. You with me? That's what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. If, you, if, you, if he is in you, the first and the most important thing that he is doing is he's pointing to Jesus. And, um, and then we'll begin to kind of guide us through that um, spirit as we get to know Jesus. All right, you did a great job, Jerry. Good job. Now you're Jerry again, all right? So the Bible, Bible talks about, you know, these different, um, different characteristics of the, the Spirit, and there's, there's quite a few of them. I just, I just picked out a few. Um, like one of the things that it says is that the Holy Spirit then, you know, in pointing us to Jesus, he's a guide for our life. It's a guide for things that God would want us to do, to do. It's also a guide for things that God would not want us to do. Anybody here ever like have a guilty conscience? Um, I know I, I have. And uh, that's kind of the spirit working in this thing God has put in us. Um, the, the Bible also says that the Holy Spirit is our counselor. That's cool. Um, doesn't mean you shouldn't go to your counselor. 
But here's the deal. There is a counselor. If you believe in Jesus, there is a counselor living in you that you don't have to pay 100 bucks an hour to see. And what that means is that, you know, he, he listens, he, he guides, um, he comforts. Um, it also says that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Kind of an interesting thing. Literally, Paul in the book of Romans says that um, when you don't know what to pray for, like things are overwhelming, um, which I know they, they probably are to somebody in this room today. When things are overwhelming, and you don't know what to pray for, the Spirit prays on your behalf. It says with sighs so deep that words can't be expressed through them. That's pretty cool. You know, God, God in Christ Jesus the, through, and the Holy Spirit inside of you actually prays for you. That's your advocate. And, uh, and then he communicates to us. He's teaching us. You know, he's teaching us. Now, um, I... Uh, I'm going to come over to the little board here. Um, I know a lot of you have been around Lighthouse for a while, but we have a lot of new people here today. Um, Claire came in earlier this morning, and she said, oh, you're going to draw a heart today. Huh? Um, and our Lighthouse family knows that I draw hearts a lot, and I said, yes, I am going to draw a heart. But I'm going to draw a red heart, so it's going to be different. Okay? So here we go. Um, and, uh, you know, for those who are in our Lighthouse family who have seen me do this a hundred times... Um, it's good to be reminded of the things that are kind of core to who we are. Um, and this is it. And um, as, I, as those of you who are new, I want to kind of share with you something that we talk quite a bit about here at Lighthouse Church. So we talk about Jesus kind of coming into our heart. That's the Holy Spirit at work in us, right? Uh, we talk about Jesus coming into our heart. And, and so um, we use heart as kind of a place of faith. And if you grew up in kind of a religious environment... Um, you probably grew up in a, uh, an environment where there were a lot of do's and don'ts that were taught to you in regards to the faith. Um, do these things. Don't do these things. And even if you, um, even if you were you know, taught those things with you know, good intentions, um, oftentimes what happens is we kind of equate that with in order for God to kind of love me and accept me, I need to do these things and not do those things. And it kind of drives us crazy. Some of you probably vowed to never go back to church because you couldn't live up to the standards that were taught. Now, that's how you define religion. It's kind of outside in. And what it says is, is here's a list of do's and don'ts. And if you follow those do's and don'ts, then um, your heart will become right. Make sense? Um, it does, except it's not how Jesus works, okay? The way Jesus works is he actually starts on the inside, not the outside. He starts on the inside and fills our hearts, and then he begins to move towards the outside. And, you know, in Romans, again, Paul says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's kind of inside-out language, um, and then you will know God's good and perfect will for your life. That's pretty cool, Paul says. And so the way that, that Jesus works is he starts on the inside and then works outside. I don't spend a lot of time talking about do's and don'ts. 
Um, because I don't think that's necessarily how God works in our life. I think the way God works in our life is he starts on the inside, and the more you fall in love with Jesus, the do's and the don'ts begin to become clear. And the Bible, you know, becomes clearer to us and understand, more understandable to us. And so, um, you know, Jesus works inside out, not outside in. Now, the reason I wanted to kind of demonstrate that again is not because we have a lot of new people in our church, um, but because um, that's what Paul is talking about in Galatians 5. You have to remember this heart in order to understand Galatians chapter 5. Um, and um, what he is saying is that the Holy Spirit starts on the inside and he begins to work towards the outside. You know, you, when you answered questions, lots of you know that, that God has been doing these things in you that has begun to change your life. So how do we let the Spirit guide us? Well, I want to share something that you already know. Um, you know, who you hang out with has a huge influence on you and impacts your life. If you are in recovery, if you've done like treatment or been to recovery meetings, it might be that one of the first things you learned is you may have to change the people that you're hanging out with. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And um, you know, the, true, the same is true for us spiritually. And so what I would ask you is, are you hanging out with God and his family throughout the day? It's kind of that, it's like that simple, but it's like that complicated. Um, you know, let me give you some examples of what I try to do. Not perfect at it by any means. I, I try to start my days um, with God's word. I try to start it with God. So, um, you know, I don't turn on the TV. I don't, you know, I don't do a lot of things that I maybe would have used to have done in the mornings. I try to sit down with my Bible, a cup of coffee, um, maybe journal, pray a little bit. Um, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's longer. Um, I try to communicate with God throughout the day, though. I, I try to remember that he's always right next to me. That, you know, it's not only like when I do my morning devotions or when I pray at night before I go to bed, that I can talk to him throughout the day. Um, I try to um, have Christian music around me a lot. It just seems, for example, it puts me in a different mindset than especially talk radio. It's much different when I've got Christian music going. Um, I, um, I wear these wristbands. I assume we still have some out, in the, out, out there uh, somewhere in the entryway, but um, these wristbands we've given away for years, they say Lighthouse Church, no perfect people allowed. Um, that's not really meant to be advertising. Um, I've never had anybody like, What's, you know, what does your you know, wristband say? It's there to remind me that I'm one of God's children and that um, he loves me um, no matter where I go, what I do. And um, he is with me. He's always closer uh, than I think. It also reminds me of you, our church family. And that's one of the things. Like, if, if you, if you kind of want to open yourself up to what God wants to do um, in your life and bring change into your life, one of the most important things you can do is to, you know, join a church family. If it's not this one, um, I understand. I'll help you find another one in our community. Uh, it's that important that you find a church family where you can learn from others. Because that's how we learn, right? We learn a lot from others. That, and, and we find support and encouragement from one another. All right, we're going to go on. Um, I want to read uh, verses 19 through 21 again. 
When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And then it's like he says, and in case I missed anything and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, it's a pretty inclusive list. Pretty inclusive list. I want you to notice something. Um, he doesn't say, if you do these things. He says, when you do these things. It's kind of a realism to Paul. Um, we're going to continue to struggle. And uh, we know that, right? We know that. Um, and um, I think there's also something um, inclusive in that you know, you can probably see yourself in, in there someplace. And uh, I, when I read that list, um, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind is, you know, I don't know people who read that list and they think, oh, shucks, I don't get to do those things. Um, that's not kind of the, the impression that, that it's meant to give. Um, and, um, you know, I also think that sometimes these, these verses are really misunderstood. misunderstood. Um, here's the deal. God loves you and only wants what's best for you. And sometimes we think that the Bible's guidance about living is meant to restrict us or confine us, to take away our freedom and fun, but it's actually just the opposite. It's meant to give us freedom, and it's meant to give us joy, and it's meant to give us serenity. My guess is that somewhere in that list that we just went through, um, is the reason why you're at Lighthouse. Maybe multiple ones. Yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, God just wants what's best for you. I want to I read verse, uh, verse 21, the, the second half, just to kind of, I want to bring some clarity to me. Let me tell you again, <clears throat> as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a lot of confusion about um, that, that um, sentence, that verse. Um, Paul's point is not that if you do these things that God's no longer going to love you. just want to be clear about that. Praise the Lord, right? Um, when Jesus was here, um, his main message was that the kingdom of God is here now and you can live in it if you want to. Um, he says that you can now live in the kingdom of God, which is living in a relationship with God. And to live in his kingdom is to kind of walk in this relationship with Jesus and the guidance of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And um, I'm, we're going to put up a little um, illustration of what I mean. So um, when we think about um, God's kingdom um, and what, what he's talking about, you know, sometimes we think, well, is he talking about heaven? You're not going to inherit heaven? That's not what he's talking about. Uh, Jesus said that, that the kingdom of God is here. Um, and then, um, you know, it's not like just like here physically, like is Fargo the kingdom of God? Huh? Um, and uh, what, if you remember what Jesus says, um, he says the kingdom of God is, anybody remember? It's in here. The kingdom of God is in your heart. 
And so what he's saying is that we can live now, when we come to know Jesus, we can live in God's kingdom. We can live in that relationship with, with Jesus. And um, the, what he's saying is that the problem with some of the behaviors that are listed there, some of the sins that we struggle with, is when we're struggling with them, they kind of take us out of the kingdom. Doesn't mean they don't take, you know, that God leaves us. Have you ever felt like, you know, I've moved far away from God? You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm over here and, and God seems far away. Well, I've kind of moved out of his kingdom into my kingdom, which is one of more selfishness. Um, our problem um, is that we kind of live with a foot in both. Because we're human beings. And, and you know, what he's, what he's saying is that um, the further you get, you know, away from God's kingdom and more ingrained in your kingdom, uh, the more you're going to be outside of God's kingdom. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Um, and so he's saying, you know, if you think that the behaviors and the, the struggles that are listed there, the sins that you and I struggle with, if you think that those are the free and good life, um, what you're going to find is that you're going to be kind of further and further away from God and in your own kingdom. But what he's also saying is that the closer you live to God's kingdom, the more you're, you're dwelling in the kingdom of God, the more that those, those spiritual fruits are going to be working in your life. And, you know, Jesus is going to be working from the inside out uh, in your heart. So when you live in the, his kingdom, his spirit, the list of things that Paul gives, the selfishness, the self-centeredness, the behaviors, they begin to diminish when we live in our selfishness, we move further away from God's kingdom. But when we hang with the king, then we open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit begin to grow. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Um, those are the next nine weeks. We're going to go through those fruits of the Spirit. So here's the point. The point is, is that if you are growing spiritually, those fruits of the Spirit are what God is doing inside of you. So if Jesus has come into your heart and he's working from the inside out, those fruits are what he's trying to produce. Paul is not saying, work on these things. What he is saying is that this is what is growing inside of you when you trust Jesus. And, uh, you know, a tree and real fruit is a great example. Um, I don't know if... I, I've never heard if apple trees actually every spring tell themselves, time to produce apples. What happens is they just produce apples. It's kind of what a tree does, right? And so, you know, when the Holy Spirit enters your life and when we kind of allow ourselves to, to be in that, in that kingdom of God as much as possible, these, these gifts of the Spirit are going to be growing. Now, um, one of the things that I want you to know is that is that um, oftentimes, sometimes these, this growth can happen quickly. Usually it's slowly. 
And so, um, you know, you notice patience was one of those fruits. I see God working in so many of you, um, you know, and, you know, the, the transitions are sometimes remarkable, but we're never going to be at a place where we've arrived. I share with you all of the time that the measure of growth in faith is do I look more uh, like Jesus today than I did before? Um, and, um, you know, is the list, the first list of sins, is that diminishing in my life? And is the list of fruits growing, is that growing in my life? Um, can I just say that I am a work in progress? Um, and um, if you are a work in progress, um, you're in good company. Pretty much everybody in this room is. Um, you know, we, we still make mistakes. Um, we still make bad decisions and we struggle. And sometimes the, the sins of our life uh, that we have struggled with, they kind of keep coming back. Um, you and I will never arrive, but I can grow. And as we grow through these fruit, go through these fruits these next weeks, I want to encourage you to see where do you see the Spirit working in your life? Where is it that you are seeing growth? And where is, is it that you've maybe been a little resistant and the growth isn't coming? So I mentioned I've, I've asked four people to do a little sharing along with me these next weeks. And, and um, one of the things, I, I let them pick their fruit. And um, I said, you can pick it in one or two of two ways. I'm really kind of excited to see how this goes. Um, I said, you can pick one that you feel like, man, God has really been producing that fruit to my life. Or you can pick one that says, boy, is that an area that God is, needs to work in my life. And uh, I think uh, we'll have a little bit of each. Um, if this is all new to you, what I want you to know is that it is available to you today. Um, you might be thinking, you know, I've been living in my own will, in my own kingdom, you know, all my life. Um, well, here's how it starts. It begins by telling you that God loves you right where you are today. That you don't have to kind of get this figured out. You don't have to get your life cleaned up. You don't have to have a, your, your life all put together in order for God to start walking and working in your life. He loves you just as you are, even in the mess that you might be in. I encourage you to open yourself up to that love. And if you, uh, if you are new, uh, then begin to meet some of the people on this journey around you today and keep coming.